You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Father, if anyone came in here that doesn't know your son, like those three teens in the youth group that gave their heart to you, we pray that they would give their heart to you today and receive eternal life. If anyone came in here with a financial mountain, sick in their body, depressed, oppressed, lonely, any of these things, Father, thank you that your word will transform them today. Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people, we pray. And we pray for all the prayers that were prayed before, that they're all sealed and done, that your gate is already swung wide open, and that you are meeting needs already. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to move quickly today. We had church already, but I just want to give you some word and let that sink into your spirit. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, now there, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. So here we're reading from the book of Luke. How many of you know that Luke is a doctor? So let's call him Dr. Luke for a second. And Dr. Luke wrote the book of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. And even we see later on in the New Testament that Luke was a contemporary of the apostle Paul. Because at the end of his, uh, Paul's ministry, he said, at the end of Paul's ministry, he said, and I still have Luke with me. And as a doctor, someone that pays attention to detail, how many of you know that doctors write out reports about your life? So here's a doctor who pays attention to detail. Here's a doctor who understood birth. He understood death. But then he had to understand something more, and that's called resurrection. So as a doctor, he had his logical thinking. But when you read his writings, he talks about healing. He talks about angels. See, God opened the doctor's eyes. And he wrote this gospel to open up our eyes. Amen? Amen. So it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, that the angel said to them, do not be afraid. So this angel is speaking to who? Shepherds who are working the night shift. Anybody here work the night shift? Amen. I did that maybe for two days in my life. And I realized that at night I want to sleep. And I don't think the boss appreciated that very much. But some of you can actually work the night shift. And, and, and sometimes, you know, when you're working the night shift, if you're working at a supermarket or where, whatever it is that you work, a lot of times you're alone, amen? And you have time to really think. So these shepherds are working out at night and just watching over their sheep. And these sheep were most likely the ones that were sacrificed in the temple every year. So they were raising these sheep up, seeing them sacrifice, and seeing people still in their sins. They saw something that didn't work, the temple sacrifice. 
did not work because these sheep would just go to the slaughter year in and year out and year in and year out. But God chose them. He didn't go to the religious leaders. He didn't go to the marketplace. He didn't go where there was a bunch of people. He went at night. This angel went at night to people working the night shift. But one thing important about them is they are shepherds. And God will speak to the shepherds first because the shepherds are the ones that are supposed to disperse the message to the people. That's why I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. My job is to take the message, the good news that I receive, and disperse it to you. Pastor John and Pastor Alicia, they're in the Sunday school dispersing the message they get to the people that come to their class. Pastor Kevin and Vera, uh, Pastor Terrence and Anna, they disperse the message. They're shepherds. It is the message... To them must be dispersed to the people under their watch. Amen? If they're not dispersing the message of the gospel, the good news, they're not doing what they're called to do. And that's why people who are under them are being saved. The, the home group leaders, the couples group leaders, they are shepherds. Because they have people who meet every other week in their home, and they're dispersing the good news that Jesus Christ came. And finally, every one of you is a shepherd. Say, I'm a shepherd. You know, we got these two new puppies, and uh, we have our older dog, and, you know, he's getting used to everything. But one thing I notice is wherever my wife goes, all the dogs follow. She's like the Pied Piper. They go here, they go here. She goes here, they go there. Why? Because she's their shepherd. And you have people that follow in your life. Amen? Don't you have people that follow you? That uh, Some? Anybody? You have people that you have influence over in your life. Maybe some of you are bosses. Maybe some of you are the ones that plan like, hey, this is what we're doing. You call all your friends. This is what we're doing tonight. Amen? You're like a shepherd. So it is your job to take this message and disperse it. And the fact that you are in this place now and you are hearing the word from God through me to you, you have a responsibility right now. And that's to share that word. Everybody say amen. amen. He said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is for who? All. Which is for who? All. Even the person that bothers you. Even that person in your family that you haven't talked to in ages. How many of you hold grudges? How many of you won't even raise your hand because you're holding the grudge? <laughs> How many of you have ever had a grudge held against you? Oh, yeah, everybody's, yes! Maybe they think you're holding the grudge. Did you ever think about that? You know this thing about Italians? I'm half Italian, I'm half Jewish, so I talk about both of them. Italians, we hold these grudges. Actually, I'm not, I'm not a big grudge holder, but we hold these grudges, and years later, it's like, well, why are you mad? I'm like, I don't know. There's grudges that go on for 20, 30 years and you can take both sides and ask them, what's the grudge? And they don't even know anymore. I want you to think about somebody in your life right now that maybe bothers you a little bit and you think they can never get saved. I want you to th close your eyes right now and think about who that person is. Honey, you better not be thinking about me. Now let's pray for that person right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, the good news is for that person. And I'm going to do my best to share it. Because that's my responsibility now that I have it. Not just for my friends, not just for those close to me, but for that person. Because it's for all people. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus.
that you would open their heart right now and that the gospel would come in and transform them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A specific person came to my mind. I'm not going to say who it is. I hope one came to yours. And it's the person that I would last think that would ever get saved. Just came into my mind. But then again, I never thought my mom and dad would get saved. And my dad, four months before he died, did. And my mom, who didn't talk to me for 27 years, did. So it's never too early. It's never too late. God can do this because the message is for all people. Amen? Amen. So then it says in verse 11, For there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So the angel brought the message, but God brought himself. The angel brought the message, but God brought himself. Born to you this day. Born to you this day. A savior. How many of you needed a savior? Or you might still need a savior. Maybe you never put your faith and trust in Jesus. Then you need currently a savior. Guess who he is? Christ the Lord. Literally, the angels brought the message, but the Lord brought himself to you. To you. Not born for the first time, but born to you for the first time. Not born for the first time, but born to you for the first time. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. Who is that? Us. The Son also, Jesus that is, became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil. The only way the eternal God could experience death in any way, shape, or form was becoming a person. So he became a human being so he could die because it was only by death that he could break the power of... It was only by death that he could break the power of death because in the garden, the devil, the crafty devil, conned man into sin and the wages of sin is death. So we weren't created to die but when we believe the lie, sin came into our life, and then we were subject to death, the power of death. But that power that the devil had, like I said before, it's not a miraculous dunamis power. It's kratos, which means dominion or authority. Death doesn't have authority over us anymore. Now, we could say the worst thing that could happen to us in this earth is that we die. But actually, the worst thing that could happen to us as Christians is the best thing that could happen to us. Let me, let me try that again. <laughs> the worst thing that could happen to us as Christians is the best thing that could happen to us. I'm going to try that one more time. Let that sink in for me. The worst thing that could happen to us as a Christian is we could die, but that's the best thing that could happen to us. Because to live is Christ, but to die is better. That's right, Brian. Jesus flipped the script. I like that. 
Can I use that as mine? Jesus flipped the script. It's awesome. Jesus flipped the script. See, I don't mind when you preach when you got something good to say. A couple weeks ago, I was like, before Christ, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, and Elise went, a mess. And I was like, that's not the word I was looking for, but it is pretty good. So I won't shout you down if you preach back at me good, Brian. Jesus flipped the script. And only in this way could he set free all who have lived as slaves of death. We also know that the son didn't come for angels. He came for us, descendants of Abraham. The angels were excited, but it wasn't for even for themselves. It was for us. They were like, oh, look, God himself is going. The angels brought the message, but God literally brought himself for us. For you. He came to help us. He became a man, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. And that's why we celebrate everybody, because if he hadn't come, many of us might be dead without. We would be dead. If he hadn't come into my life, I would be dead. And I'd spend eternity. And torment, but he came for me, and he came for you. You know, last night, we were worshiping, and I broke down because I think I haven't even thought about it for the longest time, that he came for me, because I'm definitely not worth it. But he says I am. He didn't even come for angels. He came for me came for you. You know, it's funny. People will believe in angels before they'll believe in Jesus. You know that? You go out in the street and you do interviews and ask people how many of them believe in angels and then say, how many of you believe that Jesus was the son of the living God and died on the cross and rose again? I guarantee you more people will say they believe in angels. But even the angels had to... They stepped back and said, no, no, no. What's going on here for men is the greatest thing ever. They were in awe. They, they wish they could experience what we experience right now when we come to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for coming for us. Jesus took the authority. He took death and beat Satan with his own weapon. He beat Satan with his own weapon. The same way David took Goliath's sword. He cut off Goliath's head with his own sword. Man, you got to love Jesus when he did. That's my champion. He's my hero. He beat the devil with his own sword. And he took that authority and gave it to us. What a champion we have. And he's called the son of David. Amen? But he's greater than David was. Because his victory was forever. And in Luke chapter 2, 
verse 13, here's what happened. When the angels saw that God himself was coming to earth, suddenly, it's like if Gail or Debbie had come out to the stage to do a solo song. And suddenly, behind them, there was a choir that nobody could count. All the angels were like, whoa. They're norm you know what the angels normally do? They praise God 24-7. But they were like, well, God's going there. We got. Suddenly, there was with that one angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. Imagine, like out of nowhere, there's one angel. The shepherds are, the, the glory of God fell when that one angel came. The Shekinah glory shone around them. They were a little afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid. Imagine what it felt like when all of heaven came beside that one angel and started praising God. God, I want to come back as a shepherd. In the year 2,000 years ago, I hope there's videotape of this. I hope there's a DVR in heaven because there's a whole lot of things I want to see. Amen? There's a whole lot of things, but that's one thing I want to see. And you know what? We will see it because we'll be in heaven with palm branches in our hands, dressed in white. We'll be in a cult, and uh, we'll all be waving our palm branches as the angel. We'll be worshiping God. But those angels got so, they were like, boom, they showed up suddenly. Amen? Just suddenly showed up where the one angel was. And when angels show up, that means God's doing something. I asked last week, how many of you were ever visited by an angel? I want to ask that question one more time. How many of you were personally visited by an angel? Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand high. Come on, don't be. Last week there was like 40 of you. Now you don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That must have been something amazing in your life. When an angel shows up, it's not just to say, hey, I'm an angel, see you later. Something extremely important. You know, the angels show up when heaven touches earth in a powerful way. All the angels. In Job 38, verse 7, God was asking Job, who do you think created all this? Who do you think put the mountains into place? Who do you think put the oceans where they are? Who do you think started all this? Who do you think is in complete control? As the morning stars sang together at creation, and all the angels shouted for joy. Do you know at creation... When heaven touched earth, when the spirit hovered over the chaos, when the word of God was spoken, let there be light, the angels all shouted for joy. Wow. See, when heaven touches earth, angels rejoice. And here we have an angel coming to say, God is becoming a man. And all the angels start praising God. That's not the end of it, everybody. In Luke chapter 15, verse 10, see, <laughs> heaven touches earth, angels rejoicing. 
the Son of God revealed, angels rejoice. In the same way, when three teens give their heart to the Lord, when one kid last week walks to the front of this church and gives their heart to the Lord, what happens? There's joy in the presence of God's angels. Every time one person gives their heart to Jesus, there's a party among the angels. Can we just keep the party going? <laughs> Can we just be those that keep the party going? How many of you are like, you know, you, you leave the party early, you sneak out? How many of you are like that? You know, you sneak out of parties. Come on, raise your hand, Peggy. You really are. Look, raise your hand. You know what? People that do that, they, they go like this because they don't want anybody to see. How many of you leave parties early? Like, like you'll be at a party and everybody goes, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? They used to call that an Irish exit, but I'm not going to say that. But how many of you, Alyssa, raise your hand, like to keep the party going? Joey, raise your hand. Yeah, Jack, yeah, yeah. Brian, yeah, keep that party going. Let's keep the salvation party going. How do we do it? We keep sharing the good news. Keep the angels moving. When we're not doing anything, the angels are starting to gain weight. <laughs> Keep the salvation coming. Because they party and then they, they're like, oh, there goes Grace Church again. Hey, everybody. Amen. Keep the party going. When the heaven touches earth, when it suddenly happens, the angels have no choice but to rejoice. And we should rejoice just like them because we know more than they do. We should rejoice every time. You know, last week, this young man, he, he was sitting in like the 10th row. And I gave the altar call for salvation. And he would have been the last person I thought would get up out of his seat. He belongs to a family in our church. He's been here week in and week out, week in and week out. And his mom and dad and his other brother, they're all, they got their heads down there praying for salvation for everybody else, probably praying for everyone else in here. And I said, if anyone said that prayer and wants to receive Jesus right now, please raise your hand. And this young man puts his hand straight up. And when I said stand up, his family looked and they were in shock. Because that's how things happen in the kingdom of God. Suddenly, suddenly. Suddenly, it doesn't matter what situation you're dealing with right now, suddenly it could change. Suddenly it can change. As quickly as a sinner can say, you know what, I need Jesus, I need a Savior, and they're cross over from death to life. If God can do that, there's no bill he can't pay, there's no sickness he can't heal, there's no relationship he can't mend. If that miracle can happen, any miracle can happen. Luke 2, 14, what was their response? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Glory to God who's from the highest because he's come to earth to bring peace to us. How many of you have made peace with God? Because when you make peace with God, you live in peace. I love the movie Forrest Gump. You love that movie? <laughs> you, should, you should believe in miracles. If you can watch Forrest Gump's life, it's a miracle. But 
My favorite scene in that movie, remember Lieutenant Danny loses his legs and he's mad at God. He's in a war with God because things aren't going his way. Ever been there? It's like, God, what are you doing? Where are you? I'm mad at you. You ever get, you ever get offended with God? You ever hold a grudge against God? God never holds grudges. But we can get to a place where we hold a grudge towards God. And he had a grudge towards God, so he's out on the boat, and him and Forrest haven't caught any shrimp. Now we go to Florida, there's like a bubblegum shrimp on every corner. But they couldn't get any shrimp. They have a shrimp boat, and one day there's like a huge storm. And Lieutenant Dan like says, no, we're going we're gonna to stay out here in the water through this storm. And he gets to the mast. He climbs up to the top of the ship with no legs. And he starts yelling at God. The next day, the storm recedes. And you see him sitting on the edge of the boat. And uh, Forrest is talking and he says, I don't know, but I think. And then Lieutenant Dan flips himself back off the boat. I thought he was going to commit suicide the first time I saw it. But Forrest goes, I think he made peace with God. So he flipped back into the water and he started doing the backstroke. And from that day on, they caught more, because all the other boats got ruined, they caught so much shrimp that they became millionaires. And what's the point? When you make peace with God, then you can have goodwill towards you. I said, when you make peace with God, how can... But understand this. This word, goodwill toward men, is a Greek word, eudokia, but... It has a different meaning, really, to it than goodwill towards men. There's more to it than that. Most of the time, it's translated that it, it's God's pleasure. See, here's the thing about Christmas, and here's the thing about grace. and here's, This sums it all up. He loves us so much that he literally became one of us so he could beat the devil and give us life. That's why the angels were so excited. Like, wait a minute, God. You're not sending Gabriel. Wait a minute. You're not sending Billy Graham. Wait a minute. You're not sending Moses or Elijah. You're going yourself? Hallelujah chorus. What's going on? God's going himself and becoming a man. Look how much he loves them. Because it was his pleasure to do it. Why'd you do it, God? My pleasure. What? Why did you die for me? My pleasure. He did it for him. He wanted to do it. He chose to do it. That's why I love Psalm 35, 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. We should be so excited about what he did for us. We should be shouting. We should be glad. We should be telling everybody how great our God is. He didn't send somebody else to do what needed to be done. Our hero did it himself yes. because he wanted to. 
It says, let them shout and joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. This is Psalm 35, 27. No, there's, let the Lord be magnified, who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. That's how much he loves us. Let's be glad. Let's magnify him this Christmas. Because it's his pleasure to bless us. I'm like, Lord, you want to bless me? Yeah, my pleasure. Well, go ahead. See, that's, that's where you can have that faith and attitude to say, wait a minute. You're doing this because you want to do it? See, we're so hung up on ourselves. How about letting God have some pleasure? I look at it like this. If you don't care about yourself, let God be happy. Just prosper in the heck with it. <laughs> Just allow yourself to be healed. I know it stinks. Just allow yourself to have joy. I know it's a tough thing. But he wants that for you. I will tell you a quick story. I need Pastor Courtney. Could just stand up for a second. Could everybody look at Pastor Courtney real quick? No, you got to stand up. That dress, what you're dressed in is the most amazing thing. You got to stand up, Pastor Courtney. You just got to do it. <laughs> now that's how you come to church. That's how you come to church, okay, people? Jeez, man. He came walking in. I was like, I got to go home and change. <laughs> this man, he looks like a Christmas present. <laughs> he's, and he, he's so full of joy right now. He's so happy. You know why? He just got back from Jamaica. That's why. But, <laughs> but you know what? He's telling me the story today. You know, he wanted to surprise Erica. So the surprise, guys, I know this is a tough one. His surprise was plane tickets to Jamaica. I know, you just raised the bar way too high. Surprise me! This, uh, <laughs> all right, will you take my wife to Jamaica, please? Anyway. But last week, I was preaching about Mary and how she's highly favored, and she's chosen highly favored by God. So we're sitting here preaching that, right? This man gets on... He goes and books in for his United flight. Now, he didn't tell her where they were going. And something pops up. Do you want to fly first class? And he X'd out of it and said, no, why would I want that blessing, Lord? <laughs> of course not. He clicked on it. Guess who was happy about that? God. He takes pleasure when you do well. And if any of you have ever flown business class or first class, understand the difference, right? Yes. I said, you understand the difference, right? Yes. Now me, if I'm in coach, man, I'm like this, oh, God, I can't wait to get out of here. At least I can't move. <laughs> I have long, like from my knee to here, it's just really longer than other people. I see other people crossing their legs. I'm like this, oh, I'm cramped up. I got to get up, Lisa. <laughs> Do you know what the difference is? In first class, you come in, there's a bed. <laughs> People, like, you sit down, somebody starts massaging your feet. They're rubbing your back. 
Then they bring you a menu, and you say, close that curtain. I don't want those people in the back to see how much I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> close that curtain. I don't want to hear the rabble back there. <laughs> he gets this blessing. So then they go, and she doesn't know where they're going. I mean, we all know they're going to Jamaica. Because all these, you know, the people in the islands, they all think their island's the best. Did you know that? They fight wars over it. I mean, Steve thinks St. Martin's number one. He thinks Jamaica's number one. You think Bahamas is number one. They will have a war over this stuff. I like them all. <laughs> but he gets down there, and what do you think? Of course, they got upgraded, you know? God was like, oh, it makes me so upset, but I'm going to upgrade him too. Of course not. God loves that. He loves to see you blessed. Look at Isaiah 54 as we close this message right now. For though the mountains are part and the hills be shaken and removed, yet my love and kindness will never depart from you. Mm. Nor will my covenant of peace and completeness ever be removed from you. Because I have compassion on you. Listen, he has that compassion on us. He sent his son for us. Could we just let everybody else know? There are people, I was, I stay out of the malls now, you know? <laughs> it's too crazy, crazy in there, you know? But when, you, when do you get to a place right now at this time of year where there's a lot of people, you see a scowl sometimes on people. It's like, really, have we forgotten? It's about a God becoming a man. It's about his love for us. It's nothing was going to stop him. All of heaven shook when they realized that God himself was coming for his people. How much love is that? There's no greater love than that someone would lay down their life. I mean, you know, when it comes to like the tithe and offering, right? It's like, oh, you, God wants 10%. He gave himself. He gave himself. For us. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Let's bow our heads right now and pray. We had our big altar call today, but I want to give an opportunity for salvation right now. There were so many people up crying up here this morning. I pray that those tears were worth it. I pray that you know Jesus Christ, because if you don't, those tears are wasted. Give him your heart today. Trust him for salvation. Say this prayer with me. Because that's why he came, for you. Holy Spirit, right now, open hearts in this congregation. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never put your faith in what he did. He, he came to die to beat death. And when we put our faith and trust in that, we beat death. We get eternal life. So say this prayer with me from Romans, according to Romans 10, 9. Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I might have a new life. Jesus, make me brand new today. Holy Spirit, 
come into my heart. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time today, you want to accept Christ into your heart to know that you'll live forever. Or maybe you said it before, but you didn't mean it. If you say it for the first time to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand right now. Said it for the first time, want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. I pray that everyone here knows Jesus. Everybody stand to your feet with me.